Welcome to the Grizzly Times podcast with Louisa Wilcox, a place devoted to all things grizzly, where we interview scientists, managers, Native Americans, and others about their perspectives and experience with bears and their ecosystems. This comes at a critical time in a complex debate about grizzly bears, with the recent restoration of endangered species safeguards for the Yellowstone bear, but a new proposal to strip protections for glaciers grizzlies, and when warming temperatures and development are transforming the bear's world. We hope that you find the information and views offered here useful as you shape your own conclusions. This is Louisa Wilcox with Grizzly Times, and the second of four episodes of my interview with Estella Leopold, the last remaining offspring of legendary conservationist writer and philosopher Aldo Leopold. Here, Estella shares stories from the shack, a degraded farm in Wisconsin that the family brought back to ecological health and which became the epicenter of many family adventures, including bow hunting with handcrafted bows and arrows. <laughs> well, we children used to like to tell the story about when we first saw the shack uh-huh. and the property. Yeah. It turned out that Dad had already put money down on the uh, lease to lease it. Okay. Because it was up for taxes. Taxes right. hadn't been paid. Uh-huh. But anyway, so we were on a cold February or early spring day. We were driving in on this road, and we came to the uh, uh, opening of the farm, and there was a row of elm trees going perpendicular to that road, right down to the little barn you could see in the distance. Mm-hmm. And um, it was muddy, muddy road, and the, the road directly in was in the marshy area, so mm. we just drove a circle right. around to get into the shack. and. Um, we got to the shack, we all got out, and it was cold, and there was a, no door, there was one window, huh. and the holes in the roof you could see through, huh. and um, as Dad said, it is enough, some of those holes are big enough to throw a cat through, he said. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to be funny. Yeah. There was a lot of work to be done. Anyhow, uh, we, the question was still in the air was, was he going to buy this place? But we, we didn't know he'd already Put money. committed. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, so Mother turns to Dad and said, well, Aldo, if we walk into this barn and uh, there's this pile of manure about a, a foot deep in the back part, frozen solid oh, yeah. in the back of the barn. Huh. And um, so, yes, uh, Aldo, what do you think of this place, Aldo? And he said, I'm very excited. We have so many opportunities here. <laughs> and Mother said, yes, there'll be lots of challenges. <laughs> anyway, so the answer was we all were intrigued and very pleased. Eventually, we yeah. fell in love with the place. Yeah. And we started working on every weekend of life after that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, every weekend. We right. would go and visit the shack as a family. Yeah. Drive 50 miles up and 50 miles back every weekend. Yeah, and you, there were just uh, so much work that you did and that, um, I mean, it, it seemed like every kid had a lot of skill and a lot of back into it. Uh, <laughs> there's a photo, I think, maybe it's in your book, of Luna building the 
Parthenon, your outhouse. Starker, yeah. Oh, was it Starker? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh he, uh-huh. he loved that experience, and we loved him for it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they, Dad said, well, let's go to the dump and see if we can find a, a door for this mm-hmm. place. And we did. That, mm-hmm. that door came from the dump. And then we also found a table in the dump, which is our present-day table. Oh, my goodness. In the cabin. Wow. And, um, well, let's see. Then we set about fixing the roof, which yep. was with a, a lot of available lumber that was around the farm. Uh-huh. We tried not to buy new lumber if we could manage to get um, old pieces and yeah. that uh, were actually recycled. We that was fun. That's my bird clock. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah. So yeah. So did he have a vision for replanting forests or the prayer, or did it just come as he, as you all? Went I guess there it just kind of came. Uh huh. But right away, we were taking these long walks to explore all right. around us. Mm-hmm. And I told you about going up up north upstream. And discovering this patch of about ten acres of mature uh, pine forest. Yeah, that's beautiful. Lovely, wonderful. lovely pine trees. And yeah. Dad wrote quite a bit about that grove of trees and yeah. praised it and said, "Oh, that's what we need. We got to have." And then we proceeded to plant all the trees very close together, which mm-hmm. was the wrong idea, but yeah. we didn't know it then. Right, right. <laughs> Later. Yeah. Well, it's. Just more work and more lessons. But, you know, the idea of restoring prairie, I don't think anybody was really thinking about that. And it's not like you had to go get seeds and find where the plants were along railroad cuts. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I can tell you a little about the evolution of this. It was was right after Dad had bought the the cabin Uh property. Um, He was uh, roped into doing a... um, talk to a University of Wisconsin audience because he had been appointed director of the new Arboretum, which mm. was an old farm that, mm. that was going to be refurbished right. according to his ideas right. of native vegetation. Yeah. And he was on the stage with the microphone with Yellow Thunder, who was a chief of the Winnebago's oh. uh, elderly gentleman. Mm-hmm. And they and all dressed in full garb, according right. to the press reports. Right. And they uh, both spoke. And uh, the, the dad spent a good deal of time telling the audience that this this is an opportunity to find out what our original vegetation in Wisconsin was really like, mm-hmm. and to try and and bring it back to see whether it can be refurbished. Right. And that was when we heard all that. We 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 could just imagine that we kids would be involved <laughs> because <laughs> he would want to do this on the cabin property. Mm-hmm. Right. And here, Estella gives you a sense of the fun. It was a lot of creativity. And yeah. Like I I think I wrote about the the log we called Napoleon, which we uh, dragged up from the from the river. Oh yeah. And a dead. Uh, Managed to put four maple legs under it, so it's, it became a bench. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's pictures of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, we creatively and they 
Luna made a nice pine top to the table that we had got from the dump, and, <laughs> and uh, Starker made the privy, and they've told you that story. Yeah. It's probably, it was just everybody pitched in. Everybody pitched in, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lovely picture of you and your dad on a bench with an amazing the back. Sl- the slide hill bench. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a, that was a cottonwood two-by-four. Uh-huh. Had laying around in the sun for 20 years or 15 years and uh-huh. had gotten curved. Right. And Dad saw it and said, I know where we can, we can use that for a bench. Uh-huh. And we, we, Nina and Dad and I dragged it up the hill and put it between two elm trees there and uh-huh. built the bench. But we call it the slide hill because we were sitting on this slope. Uh-huh. And on our fannies, and it would, we just kept coasting down slope all the time. It was very hard to see in one place. Right. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And while we were doing all that, Mother was sitting over on the edge knitting. Uh huh. But Nina and Dad and I built that uh, bench. It was fun. Was Which eventually rotted, didn't it? Oh, did it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. You seem to be one of the family entertainers uh, with your singing and guitar playing. Um, well, I think it was yeah. Luna and Stark, Luna and Carl and I that did most of the uh-huh. guitaring and singing. But if whenever Starker was there, he participated. Uh-huh. But he was so, so often long gone. He spent three years or more in Mexico doing his right uh, exploration of their. Uh, wilderness areas and right. documenting the wildlife there. Yeah. So we didn't see him so much. Uh-huh. But when he was there, he participated fully. Uh-huh. And probably picked up but his we, songs. It, like the every night at the cabin we would sing and uh-huh. all the way driving home at night on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, we'd sing it together in the car. And uh-huh. so one time dad said to mother Stella, you know what I want for my birthday? And Mother said, what? Mm. He said, a guitar. A guitar? <laughs> he said, yes. He said, so the first person, one of the kids that learns it can have it. Mm. So he, the kids, Mother sent the boys downtown and they picked up a guitar for $8 at Sears and Roebuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they brought it back and we immediately began to try and Figure out how to use it. Right. And they, they, they tuned it, and they were sitting there for several days making up chords uh-huh. until it occurred to Luna that we should look in the Encyclopedia Britannica to find out how the guitar was supposed to be tuned. Right. And it turned out we had tuned it wrong. Right. Wow. And so all those mm-hmm. chords they had invented were mm-hmm. of no use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'd start all over again, which we did. Huh. Oh, how funny. But it was funny. That <laughs> is funny. That is funny. Yeah. yeah. And but every summer we were in Santa Fe for the uh, fiesta. Oh, Mother you wanted were. to go and visit the family. Yeah. Her sisters, which yeah. she missed. Uh huh. So yeah. we would go down and by train, or mm-hmm. sometimes once in a while by car, mm-hmm. and would be going to in full dress. To the fiesta, mm-hmm. our Mexican dresses, and mm-hmm. the boys would wear these pleated pants with oh my. beautiful red insets. So that oh, when yeah. the pants flared, there yeah. was this red 
inset. Uh-huh. And uh, their uh, cowboy hats and wonderful looking uh, vests. Very mm -hmm. much fun. Back to Estella's mother. Here, Estella Jr. shares how her mother and father got together. Anyway, mother, she was um, very, uh, they, were, they were all attractive women, sisters, six of them. And apparently, uh, Dad's boss said to the foresters that he, Ringland, that you ought to come down to Albuquerque and meet these uh, Berger sisters. They're pretty nice women, and the foresters finally did that, finally came to a dance in Albuquerque, and it's, uh, Luna tells me that, told me that when he and took Dad, Dad and he went to Hotel Alvaral or whatever it was, hmm. Dad said, I'm bringing you here, Luna, because this is where I met your mother. Oh. I wanted you to know. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. So, uh, well... That was the uh, occasion, and it was in 1911. And um, he, Dad, from the letters, I could see mm -hmm. he was began right home about this Estella person is a real peach. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little later, he wrote his sister and said, uh, "Let's see, I have to tell you, unquestionably, I now know for sure that." Uh, I love Estella, and he said, are, is, are you as worried about my interest in Estella as my father? So uh, Carl Leopold came all the way down to New Mexico to meet the family oh. before the wedding to make sure he approved. <laughs> uh -oh. and, he, and he immediately wrote back to his wife, Clara, this is a wonderful family. They're all so nice to each other, oh. and they're lo lovely people. Mm -hmm. And some of them very beautiful. Mm -hmm. The most beautiful was the oldest, Anita. Okay. She was apparently a winner. Uh -huh. And the next was Estella, but Dad wrote back that, although Anita is the loveliest, it's, there's something about Estella that is so especially fetching. Huh. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, huh. he picked her out early on. But your mom was engaged to somebody else when he proposed. Yes, and, uh, yes, yeah. he was uh, Jameson, and uh, Dad felt very impressed uh, by this. And I was just reading yesterday the letters uh -huh. which are on file about um, Dad to his mother saying that I am. Um, uh, I can assure you, I will block. Jameson. I am on the road. I will block Jameson. <laughs> okay. And he did, eventually. That's great. Yeah, that's fun. But your mom was was definitely a partner in everything your dad and obviously your family did and she seemed like the ultimate trooper. I mean the, the oh, yeah, she the, sure was. Yeah. Just the moving to the country in Tres Piedras in that little Mia um, Casita bungalow, yeah. Yeah. where uh, you know she was used to having help, mm -hmm. servants in the house, and mm -hmm. lots of help and garden, everything. And so all of a sudden, it was all her challenge, which she embraced fully. And uh, of course, as as a, a horseman, she 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 knew her way around. Mm -hmm. 
but she had a lot of fun. They they apparently had, um, but when Aunt Marie came to visit mm -hmm. Dad's sister, yeah, they were. Um, there's a picture of them sitting out in front of the Mia Casita, that's still on file, and um, I was going to tell you. Aunt Marie told me this story, that her, her, she was visiting mother and dad at, at Tres Piedras, and that mother said now she'd ordered a chicken from the neighbor to mm -hmm. have the, we're going to have chicken for dinner, and mm -hmm. would Aunt Marie please go down to the neighbor's house, right down, which is not close by, but near mm -hmm. enough, and uh, ask the lady for the chicken please, so that she could start working on it mm -hmm. for dinner. So Aunt Marie went down and was to her amazement. The woman came out and handed her a live chicken. <laughs> she was holding it by the feet. <laughs> so she brought it back up, and, and Estella said, "Well, yes, we. I'll tell you what we have to do. We have to we have to kill the bird nicely, uh -huh. and we have to pick all the feathers off. And then they they work together. And then the next thing is, mother was cooking it in a Dutch oven. Oh yeah, on the on, over the fire or uh -huh. on the if they have range." Uh, going at that point, and so yeah, mother became quite the cook, and is, it was an excellent cook, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Your dad cooked quite a bit with the Dutch. Oh, dad was an excellent camp cook. Uh huh. Yeah, between them, yeah, uh -huh. dad always cooked the meat when they were in the country. Right. Estella's mother was also an incredible archer. Her story of her mother's prowess as Lady Diana, which the newspapers called her, also gives a sense of her parents' relationship and family adventures, here involving craftsmanship practice and competitions, and finally some funny deer bow hunting adventures at the shack. I need to ask you about her prowess as an archer. It seemed like she was quite an amazing. Oh, she was. It was, she was better than anybody in the family, <laughs> and, and, and then Dad. You see, it goes back to when Dad began to uh, build archery equipment in 1926, and he started. A, he had accumulated. Uh, he had been at Yale in the Robin Hood Society. Oh. Uh huh. Which was uh, I don't know if it's still going, but I found it on the web, so uh -huh. I think it is still uh -huh. going. It's an honorary society. Okay. And one of the things he gave mother while they were engaged was a, a little pin uh -huh. with Robin Hood on it. Uh -huh. That he and he you'll you'll read about it in the minies. The pin meant a lot okay. to him because of huh. it was an honorary pin at Yale. All right. Well, anyway, he always loved bows and arrows apparently uh -huh. because at, he started in 1926 making bows, yeah. and they were. Beautiful. He was a, his father was a craftsman, and right. so Dad was a really elegant craftsman. Uh -huh. Not only that, then he began to make all his own arrows. That's amazing. And he would buy these uh, these uh, uh, staves, yeah. which were arrow length and square, uh -huh. and made of a particular kind of wood, probably spruce, uh -huh. uh, light wood, yeah. and. Um, and he would sand them till they become round. Right. If you can imagine. Exactly round. Sanded. How do you, he, yeah. When he worked at the uh, laboratory of forest products in Madison, uh -huh. he got a hold of a motor which would permit him to put these 
these blocks that had grooves in them, uh -huh. shaped like an arrow, and sandpaper over the, um, the stave and rounded them off. Wow. So that they and rounded this machine that would turn the mm -hmm. stave, and he would sand them down, and then he would take them up. And I was a little girl watching all this in the basement of the, of the house. And yeah, these are the late 30s, 36, 38, 40. Yeah. yeah. And Dad would take the arrow and he would roll it in his hands and look down like that. If it wasn't absolutely straight, he'd throw it away. Uh huh. And then he would, the, this was all the basement work. And then, uh -huh. as they would sit after dinner in the living room uh -huh. and Mother reading to Dad, Dad uh -huh. would be fixing the, the uh, feathers right. on the arrow. We had a little gadget that would put them in exactly the right the position. Right. Huh. The three feathers positioned yeah. around the uh, arrow tip and make the put the groove in just just so all right and um and got these glued together and uh though let's see and when mother would get sleepy dad would say well dear i guess it's time to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> so they would take off together mm -hmm. but they would read together every night oh how lovely always yep. yeah whatever the opportunity sprang up. Yeah. Well, so that was fun. Yeah. And so your mom took up the sport. It sounds like you all kind of did. Well, uh, mother, they, they would immediately, they went to the field and started to practice with roving. Yes. At fake targets, you know, let's see that stump over there, we're going to try and hit right. to the left of it or whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah. And Starker, who was very active with this, and Luna. Carl did a little, mm -hmm. and uh, the other rest, rest of us kind of trailed off. Anyway, uh, it turns out that um, Mother was unusually good, and they decided, oh, let's let's enter one of the archery tournament tournaments. Mm -hmm. Dad said, so let's go down to the Wisconsin tournament. It's going to be yeah. in Madison. So yeah. so they did, and Mother won first place in the women's for the first like that. Wow. Wow. And Dad was so proud of her. Oh, yeah. That must have and been she's, And the press was going gaga all over Mother. And right. She kept saying, it wasn't me, it was him. He made all this beautiful equipment, and that's why mm -hmm. I'm able to, to, I was able to hit the target so well today. Well, your mother was <laughs> humble, for sure. Oh, she was Just very like, humble, yeah. right. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's so, great. So that was, that was fun. So this just went on. And uh, pretty soon, four years in a row, first place woman archer in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, then it was even, um, they, then there was the national, and it was held in Chicago. Oh. And she took a fourth place in the national. My gosh. Yeah, I mean, she was really good. She must have been. Yeah. Oh, that must have been a thrill for her to have. Uh, oh yeah, Dad was so proud of her, and he, Dad, I haven't been able to finish looking at these, but Dad kept immaculate records about their each of their skills, is exactly how many points oh. each time they went to practice right. at each um, archery tournament, and Starker was a very good shot. Yeah, very good. Uh huh. Mother and Starker shown, uh -huh. and Dad sometimes placed. I, I think I told you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Anyhow, that was really fun. Yeah.
I read about um, uh, your family attempts to hunt deer on your shack land <laughs> and how difficult it was. And it's amazing yeah. that Indians could survive oh, with yeah. that. Yeah, it and, was uh, Yeah, so what was that like? I mean, Oh, you, it was you know, fun. Uh, but one time it was it was challenging. Uh-huh. I went with Dad. And they, by the way, they had hunting bows and they had target bows. Okay. Sometimes they had uh, two target bows for mm-hmm. hunting, and sometimes two for target. Wow. Uh, practice anyway. Um, I was with Dad, and we were going up and down Levy Road, which is the road into the, in the shack. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was just a muddy road, hardly ever traveled. Mm-hmm. And as we were going, walking downstream very, very slowly, we looked across a very vast uh, haymown field, and a deer started to cross this, this uh, across right angles to us, mm-hmm. across this field. And Dad, I could see him pulling up, getting ready for his shot, and I immediately dropped to the ground to be out of the way, so mm-hmm. it was effective. And he took the shot. And it was a hundred yards away. Wow! And it went right over the deer's back. Just <laughs> right over the back, about this far. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine? That's a long shot. Yeah, that's a long shot. That's a really long shot to get it that close. It was a long shot, but he did it. Yeah, oh. It was really fun. Oh. And that was uh, one of the weekends they were hunting. Uh-huh. There was a deer hunting season that year. Uh-huh. And then later, I think I wrote this one up. Mother was, Dad and Mother, uh, Dad and Carl said, we've got to put Mother in a place where, as a good shot, she's really going to get a deer. Mm-hmm. So they, they marched her up on the, and I was not with her. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They took her up on the side of the hill, somewhat um, upstream from the position of the uh, Leopold Center today. And, um, and she was standing there waiting for whatever was going to happen, and a deer came along. But it turns out there were some grapes behind her, and she had put her bow down to reach over and get a few grapes, which she had in her lap. Right. And, of course, missed the shot. The deer was standing right there, going right by, uh, only so. about 14 yards away. Oh, so she, that's she could have gotten She could have gotten shot. It, given the shot so she was, yeah. When Dad and Carl came up to see her, hey, Mom, how'd it go? How are you doing, Estella? Mother said, oh, he was beautiful, dear. It was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he went away. <laughs> and everybody got a good laugh. And they laughed and they laughed. <laughs> it was really funny. That is funny. This interview with Estella Leopold continues in Episode 3. 